Hello and welcome to Trainer's Voice, brought to you by Guardian Angel Equine, a podcast created to open your mind and make you think about your horses differently. These episodes are my opinions based on my knowledge from research and experience. Just a warning, you may get offended listening to these episodes. If you have a question or want to chat, all my links are always in the show notes. First things first, I'ma say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, ooh, the way that things have been. Oh, ooh. Hey guys, so uh, we are continuing our second part of the fitness episodes. Today we're going to be talking about horses. Last time we talked about riders and jockeys and things that we can do to up our game and help our horses to be more successful. Um, So I highly encourage you to go listen to that. Uh, Sorry it took me so long to get out the horse one because I know a lot of you are probably waiting for that one truly. Um, But I've been going through some things that I've had to kind of take a step back and focus on something in my life as far as um, figuring some things out. A pretty big step in my life, I might add. But um, so today we're going to talk about the horses. And I first want to begin this episode by saying that I hope you understand that health and fitness are two different things. That your horse can be healthy and not fit, and it can be fit and not healthy. So let's get that out of the way. The other thing with that is nutrition. One of the biggest pet peeves I have is someone labeling a horse unhandleable, unrideable, crazy, uh, has issues or problems, just because all of a sudden they decided to start feeding their horse proper nutrition. Here's the thing. When you are, what you are feeding your horse is fueling your horse's body. They have to get a certain amount of food, a certain amount of macros. It's just like us. They have to have a certain amount for them to be able to perform athletically successfully. Now for this video, we're going to be talking about, I don't like to say that people aren't successful at all. But what we're going to do is divide this into successfulness. So being successful, which I, which when I say that is going to mean you're like higher, like on the circuit barrel horses that are out there, you know, uh, WPRA, NFR type working towards that success. You know, the other thing I will say is going to be local success. So local is going to be that you have horses that go to your local jackpots, play days, you know, rodeos, and they compete and they win every now and then, maybe the three or four D or the the one or two D every now and then. You know, those horses that typically only stay around there and they win here and there, you know. Or they may even be a constant winning until someone blows in and knocks them off their pedestal because they're actually making it and striving to be on the circuit and reach that NFR level of success. So I'm not going to say that those people locally aren't successful, but there are two different types of success and two different types of goal. Now, those people may want to reach the NFR goal, but here's the thing. 
there's a big difference in wanting to and doing it and actually understanding what it takes to do this. So here's the thing. The first thing we're going to talk about to get your horse to, per to perform athletically successfully is going to be nutrition. That is your first step. The thing is, your horse has to fuel its body. You have to know what you're giving your horse and you have to know why you're giving it to your horse to succeed. Because here's the thing. Like I said, more often than not, people label horses to be problematic because they have never been fed properly in order to fuel their body to give them the energy and the power they need to actually be successful. And in a lot of cases, even locally successful. So once you take that out of the equation and you start fueling your horse's body and energy, it's a big game changer. And a lot of people say it creates problems because that's where we get our horses labeled as hot or um, too much or, you know, too, inter uh, too, I don't want to say energetic, but they're too hard to handle, you know, you can't ride them sort of a thing because all of a sudden this horse has all this energy they don't know what to do with. And a lot of the times what happens is these horses don't typically have a job. So even when your horses are in off season, they really need something to do. They don't, it doesn't have to be regular, regularly, but it, they need something to do at least every now and then. Go out on a trail ride, go work cattle. I mean, I know some barrel racers who they send their horses off to be uh, to help with cattle during the off season. And then when barrel season comes around, you know, they get them back and they're ready to go. You know, you just kind of go from there of wherever they were uh, at on the road or whatever, or they rope in the off season. Um, I started jumping Jake in the off season uh, to kind of help with muscling. Also, you can do all sorts of things. Now, your horse doesn't have to have a second full-time job just to stay in shape. Those are just things that we that a lot of people do to make sure that they're getting, they're staying in shape and that they don't have all that pent-up energy. Um, because once you have all that pent up energy, it's like taking an ADHD kid and sitting them in a classroom at a desk and having them stare at a whiteboard while the teacher talks. Like, that's literally how I feel. It's just like going to school. You know, anyone, if you've ever met a kid who has ADHD or if you have ADHD and you don't like sitting still, you don't like like you probably hated school. Am I right? I mean, I hated school. I don't think I'm clinically ADHD, but I don't like sitting still. So I can only imagine what it's like to have, um, to actually have ADHD and then have to sit in a desk and stare at someone talking for hours at a time. Like it was hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for those kids. So here's the thing. When you take all that pent up energy and you don't give it an outlet, you don't turn it out onto pasture, you keep it in a stall and you just keep feeding, feeding and feeding it. Yeah, that horse is gonna have issues, not because of the food, but because you're not properly taking care of the horse. That's just how it is. That is, it, it is what it is. So, you know, the first step to actually being successful is to actually feed your horse to be successful. 
And then you're going to get all that energy and all that power. And when you actually contain it and you know what to do with it and you give that power a job and you properly teach it how to do that job, that's a game changer. Now, with that being said, I think that um, something that is way overlooked is how we prepare our horses for the barrel pattern. Now, I'm not talking about teaching the barrel pattern, but like when we're actually um, getting our horses out of off season and we start um, putting muscle on them, we start riding them, you know, uh, we prepare them for the season. One of the things I think that we, that is way overlooked is cardio. We do a lot of drills. We make our horses breathe hard and we do a lot of turning and a lot of backing and we do all those muscle building things and all the things to get them to really start using their body, which is great. And I love all that. But I think the one thing that we typically don't spend a lot of time on is actually getting them to run because we still want them to run their hardest. We want them to run and explode as fast as they can. So when they're not doing that on the barrel pattern, but they're turning very, very well, it's like all of a sudden, well, my horse can't run in between the barrels. Well, are you running them off the barrels? Are you breezing them out? A lot of the times we don't. And if we do breeze out, it's not very often. And I feel like breezing out is something that we don't do hardly at all. And I think that that is something that could really help a lot of people and a lot of horses. Reason being is I got on the train of, uh, what do you call it, Lasix. And I'm not going to speak into Lasix because I still don't know a lot about Lasix. I don't, I don't give Lasix. I've never given Lasix. I don't have an authority to actually speak on that. The only thing I will speak on is that I feel like a lot of people giving Lasix can avoid that if they properly conditioned their horse. Sorry guys, my mic died. So what would I do going forward? So if I truly wanted to improve my horse, make my horse successful, or even just locally successful, because there's a big divide between, like we said, the success and local success. But during, like, in your local success, unless you're just surrounded by your successful barrel racers, it's not hard to try to move up a, a D if you're really dedicated to doing that. The first thing you have to understand when you are thinking about trying to move forward or go up a D or whatever your goal is, or even just go from bottom of a D to the top of the D, like whatever D you're in. So the first thing I think that we don't understand is that your horse probably has more potential than what you think it does. It's either it has more potential than what you think it does, or it doesn't have the potential that you think it does. 
it's either one or the other most of the time. A lot of people feel like their horse has all this potential to give and they're pushing it way too hard when it's kind of at its max. Or they're not really bringing out the full potential of their horse in the first place. And so it has way more potential to give than expected. So how do we find that range? How do we bring out all of that potential? Number one thing, like I said, is going to be nutrition. So feeding your horse for success is going to be the first step. I am no nutritionist. I've done a little bit of um, studying and trying to do my best on what I do. Um, But I always encourage everyone to look into nutrition themselves. Contact a nutritionist. If you don't like buying feed from the big companies or whatever, you know, you want to make your own feed, whatever you're trying to do or going to do with your horses, the only thing I suggest is looking into it and actually studying nutrition. What does your horse need? Fuel your horse's body to bring out that energetic level and to bring out that performance that they actually have. So no matter what you're doing or what you prefer to do, the first thing I'm going to tell you is to check in on nutrition. The second thing following nutrition I am going to tell you is going to be mental health. One of the biggest indicators of a successful horse is going to be how mentally taken care of they are. So um, this is also going to play in effect with nutrition because we talked about how horses who are fed properly and they've never been worked with when they've been fed properly and get called, you know, bad horses or they are just too much, whatever. Like that's also going to play in effect to the mental um, stability of the horse, you know, and actually figuring out, okay, when your horse is going through this transition, really pay attention to them. Pay attention to how much turnout time they like, how long they can stay in a stall and actually be mentally okay with staying in a stall. Now with that, I am saying to, you may get offended by your horse, just saying, because I know I do when I stall my horse and I never stall them and then they start throwing a fit because they're in a stall and then it's like hurting my own um, ego because, you know, that's just who we are as humans. You know, we think that they should be just fine staying in stalls. They get fed, they get water, they get taken care of. But the thing is, they're mentally starving. So if your horse starts to weave, crib, whatever vice they gain from being stalled, we need to make note of that and to increase turnout time, increase workout time, you know, and really start to pay attention to who our horse is when they're being fed properly. This is also going to help us figure out mentally how much they can handle, how much stress they can handle, and this can also help us figure out how much more training we need to do in certain aspects of uh, their career. So whether their training might be mentally or physically, maybe they need more uh, workout time, maybe they need a longer warm up. All these things are good indicators to help your horse perform for success. So the first thing, look into nutrition. The second thing is pay attention to mental health and study what you can do to help your horse thrive mentally. That's also going to lead into training, training your horse in a way to uh, mentally 
prepare them for the pattern and hauling and prepare them for success. That doesn't just mean, you know, uh, mentally going through, like, keep getting them out of stalls and stuff like that. I mean mentally training, like, understanding how much stress your horse can handle, how much uh, physical labor they can do when you're working them. And then that's going to lead into not only mentally training, but physically training, breezing out and working those muscles, doing uh, fast twitch and slow twitch muscu uh, muscles, you know, all of those things, really, really tuning your horse. So that's going to lead into from mentally training to physically training. The physically training, we really, really, really need to focus on excelling at home. I think the biggest problem we run, run into with uh, not being able to meet that success in uh, our horses or seeing that potential in our horses is because we're more than often riding lazy horses. We're only doing as much work as we need to at home in order for them to haul through the week but or through the weekend. But what really needs to happen is doing more work at home and less work on the road, if that makes sense. You want your horse to mentally want to mentally be able to work away from home and make it feel like it's more of a vacation. Now it's still going to be work and it's still going to be labor, but we want to really work our horses hard at home. Or if we're hauling them somewhere to train or whatever, like we want to really work them. We want to breeze them out, make them use their lungs. We don't want them to go to a barrel race and act lazy or after we've ran, they're on the verge of dying because they're not properly prepared. What type of things can we really focus on? Understand what it takes when you are hauling to a barrel race. We know we want fast and slow twitch muscles to work. We need to build those. We need to build those as much as possible at home. We need to understand the amount of, uh, cardio that a horse uses in in the you during a barrel race you know we want them to run as hard as they can and we want them to work and we want them to shut down take off and and go from not uh from zero zero to however fast they can go in just a few steps off the off the barrel you know we're wanting those fast and slow twitch muscles to work, but we're also wanting that cardio behind that horse. So that way in the middle of their run, by the time they leave second barrel, by the time they leave the second barrel, they're not labored and they're breathing so much that they can't give more or that they can't sustain how much they're giving. So we also need to focus on cardio. We need to breeze out our horses. And if we're not breezing out our horses or not able to, we need to figure out things that we can do to support their lungs. So it's going to be things like um, the Equiresp. You know, I know a lot of people that do those. They have very success um, success with them. If you want to run your horse on Lasix, you know, that help minimize whatever you got going on. Um, you know, whatever you can do to help your horse with his lungs and his cardio. The number one thing you can do for a horse's lungs is going to be prepare them 
as much as possible. So that's going to be breezing them out. That's going to be working out longer. That's going to be running longer. That's going to be loping longer, trotting longer. You know, all these things that you can do at home to prepare them for on the road. And um, so those are things that I think that we overlook a ton when we're talking about preparing our horses for success. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I can say or give about preparing your horse, but those are going to be the major points that I think a lot of people kind of overlook or don't give their full potential in or, and then in return, their horse doesn't give their full potential. And I think that if you're looking for success locally, it's not, it's not going to be that hard. It's only going to take dedication for you to actually start moving up in your D and actually start getting your horse's potential to show. Now I understand, and I, as well as anybody know that taking care of a performance horse is expensive. Feed is expensive. Hay is expensive. You know, putting in the hours in the day for your horse to actually, to actually prepare your horse and do all of the, the muscle building and the cardio and all these things, it's a lot of time and effort. It's a lot of money. And to do all the things to help with recovery, you know, and to make sure that you're putting them on a good workout plan, because that's going to be one of the things that really a lot of people don't do, don't do that is hurting their horse's performance is actually putting them on a workout plan. Just like us, when we go, when we go to work out, we create arms one day, legs one day, we rest this day, you know, we recover this day. Your horse shouldn't be any different. It shouldn't be any different. And I always recommend at least one rest day during the week. If you're starting out, don't be afraid to do two rest days, not back to back. Um, but eventually you can do back to back, but I highly recommend paying attention to your horse, you know, cause they're going to get sore as you're building muscles. And as you're doing cardio, like they're going to get sore because they're not used to being performance horses. They're used to being the weekend warrior that goes home and then rests through the week. So we have to pay attention to what we're putting our horses through. And we have to be dedicated to actually want to bring the performance out of our horses to get that full potential. Once you're doing all of these things, you're paying attention to nutrition, their mental health, their training. Once we're doing all of these things, then we can determine, okay, so my horse is pretty much max capacity. I'm not really going to get a whole lot more out of them. Then you can talk about moving to a step-up horse who has more. Then you really get into paying attention to papers and, you know, um, breeding and sires and dams and all those things. That's a whole different story, but every horse has a certain potential you just have to know how to bring it out of that horse. And once you bring it out of that horse, then you can gauge how successful that horse is going to make you, how successful that horse is going to be in itself, you know? So I hope all of this helps and kind of, I hope y'all kind of understand where I'm coming from. I have a hard time putting my thoughts into words sometimes, but um, that's where I would start if I was trying to bring the full potential out of my horse and trying to gauge where we're going from here. Um, and that's pretty much currently what I was putting through on Jake and what we were working on up until the point where I had to move 
So now I'm not currently riding him, but we were actually gaining a lot of success and our last run was our fastest run yet. So I know that we were actually getting somewhere before we had to move. So we were working on bringing out that potential. So I hope all of that made sense. I'm sorry that this one was probably pretty much, uh, this was probably pretty long compared to what some of you wanted to actually listen to, but I hope that it helps somebody understand what they need to do to bring all of that out. And some people just don't want to do that and that's okay. But if you're stuck, you think your horse has more potential or you want to know if your horse has any more potential to give, then I think this is the best place to start. And most people don't want to stay in the same D. They want to move up. They, they want to continue to move up. Whether they're going for success or they're going for local success, people don't want to stay stagnant. So I highly recommend actually putting in the effort and really focusing on this stuff. And like I said, I get money is a big issue for a lot of people. And that's usually kind of what defines local success between success is the money factor because it's hard. It's a hard world out there and it is hard to do all the things that you need to do properly in order to do all these things. And that's why a lot of our horses locally are not fed properly and they're not getting that full potential because it's hard to feed a horse properly. It really is to give them all the nutrition that they need physically in order for them to be, to perform properly. It's a lot of money. And sometimes we get stuck doing the bare minimum. And while that sucks, sometimes that's just what we have to do. But if you're in a moment, if you're in the time uh, where you just can't do it for financially, but your horse is okay with running, your horse is okay with running, you know, you're okay where you're at for right now, but you want to bring out more potential in the future, like, just take a note of that. Just take a note of the things that you can start doing. Look in, and you can study now. Just because you don't have the financial situation to actually feed your horse properly right now, you can start studying proper nutrition. You can start studying mental health. You can start studying the things that are going to help your horse. Start making a workout plan. So when you are financially ready to make those decisions and to actually start putting forth that effort, then you're prepared already and you have a plan to get going. So that is where I would start. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm sorry that it took so long to get this episode out and then my mic died. My life is always chaos. So I just am gonna you know, I'm just not going to expect any more surprises because it is what it is at this point. But hopefully um, I'll have another topic come up soon. If y'all have any questions or anything would like to talk to me or have anything you want me to specifically talk about or want my opinion over, all my links are always in the show notes and I'd be happy to chat with you and we'll see you next time. Bye.